0: Welcome to another episode of the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts, and definitely not Mephisto, Brian. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful Darcy.
1: And who absolutely knew there wasn't going to be a Mephisto and told everybody about it.
0: Yeah, I had had strong feelings that there wasn't going to be a Mephisto either. But, you know, I mean, fan theories sometimes are more fantastical than any way a TV show can ever be, right?
1: That is accurate, and everybody is, of course, free to fan theorize, but I was super happy I was on the ball with that, because I'm always wrong, but, you know, yay.
0: But we are here to talk about uh, independent comics, and so today, actually, we're going to be talking about the graphic novel 21, the Roberto Clemente story, as well as the continuing destruction of Diamonds Monopoly, uh, Dead Dog's Bite, Berserker, Brindle, and a few more items. So first off, we have news. Uh, more small comics pu- publishers are moving their Amazon and bookstore distribution to mega publisher Simon & Schuster, Simon & Schuster, I can't say that today, from Diamond Comics Distributors' sis- sister company <laughs> Diamond Books. Uh, this is significant because uh, Diamond once held a literal monopoly on the distribution of all comics, as you probably all know. And this has been for about the last 25 years. Um, so we are witnessing a slow and steady dismantling of this empire. It's unfortunate, though, that it's not another small distributor that's getting this boon. But, um, you know, even though Simon & Schuster, at least it's no longer all diamond and their death grip on the industry is being slowly loosened. Uh, so the, the companies that Simon & Schuster are now distributing uh, comics to bookstores and Amazon include... Uh, according to the uh, Bleeding Cool article that I got some of this information from, is um, Ahoy Comics, uh, Boom Studios, Insight Editions, Legendary Comics, Oni Press, Rebellion, uh, Source Point Press, Viz Media, Keen Spot, and Humanoids. And Vault uh, just recently joined in the last week uh, to that list. So they're getting some heavy hitters for the small press circuit, which is pretty nice.
1: Yeah, it's good to see that. Definitely, uh, like you said, Simon and Schuster is definitely not really moving away from monopoly on anything. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah. talking about like regular book publishers, like they're monopolizing from that side. It's kind of just switching from one monopoly to another monopoly. But Diamond, they've been such dicks for so long on comics that it's like. You know, if you've got to get away from a bunch of assholes, might as well try your other option. So, you know what? Fair. Give. Uh, we're, we're becoming a country made up of monopolies, and that's this late-stage capitalism life we're living in. So you don't have a lot of small distribution options, and by not a lot of, I mean kind of no small distribution options. So diamond are kind of assholes this is what you're left with
0: exactly that also shows you how much goodwill diamond doesn't have when simon and schuster is kind of like the good guy mm-hmm. in the story mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah no uh, totally and yeah so uh, one megacorp to another megacorp but you know i mean hopefully it's better for the reader in the long run that's what yeah
1: hopefully everybody can get something a little bit better from it and or you know and if and if that's the case you know because if you look at this from another direction like diamond should be the little guy in this story diamond just does comic books like from a different Mm -hmm. direction diamond should be the little guy but they are such fucking assholes so maybe diamond can look at this and see like that they should be like less terrible and they can re uh they can re-examine how they behave and how they manage their business and they can treat like comic book stores a little bit better and they can treat everybody a little bit better and maybe uh people will come back to them
0: exactly and now that they're no longer the only fish in the pond it's you know it's better it's better for them to start listening to the people they're distributing to and and everything so hopefully that that's what the main ideal is hopefully in this whole situation it's just like you said is that it's not that simon schuster now is part of the game it's that diamond is no longer the only part of the game so that they can actually start acting like a a a company with morals and (laughs) company Mm. with integrity Mm we'll see what happens right yep okay well um we're on to the uh next section which is the quick hits so darcy uh what book are you hitting quickly this week
1: this week i am hitting quickly a um kind of it's it's not old old but it's a little bit older at this point um uh virtually yours which is by jeremy holt elizabeth beals uh and uh lettered by adam Wallett. Um, And it is uh, kind of almost like a rom-com in comic book form. It's got a lot of very stereotypical, almost like 2000s rom-com vibes and tropes, but updated for like a modern audience uh, in that it's like less problematic almost like if you took uh oh god why did i just forget like you've got mail and update it to Mm -hmm. a modern audience you've got mails like super problematic like if you were to watch it today or even if you were to watch it when it came out like in the late 90s super problematic in a lot of ways lots of stalking lots of awful stuff but virtually yours is Way more, uh, way le- like people communicate a lot better, uh, which is fantastic. So it's it's definitely a rom com. You've got uh, this girl who's um, girl she's a, like a woman who's graduated recently is trying to get a job, and she's having problems doing so. Very relatable for anyone in a modern economy. <laughs> Uh, and mm-hmm. you've got a man who is, he was in, he's like an actor. He was in a movie, uh, like a, um, a a Christmas movie that was super popular, um, but has been like having problems getting anything else and is also like going through a divorce and uh, the divorce he's going through, like his, his wife slash ex-wife, depending on which point you're at in the book, um, it was like abusive like emotionally and verbally like super abusive and so you've got like these relationship issues and the woman's mother is kind of giving her this oh well you're not getting any younger you need to be dating and the man ends up getting this job with this like tech startup where you uh basically act as a fake significant other and to get her mom off her back she signs up for the service and he joins the company and they uh connect through the service virtually yours and so he's her pretend boyfriend basically but then at the same time uh, they actually meet each other um, through kind of like hanging out at bars, they kind of like accidentally run into each other, very rom com y tropes. And unlike older rom coms, like actual communication happens. Most of it's very unproblematic and very good, and I really, really liked it. There were some things I kind of found not so great, like the treatment of the gay characters was still quite problematic in that it was very stereotypical, and I didn't quite like the way that was treated, but um, as far as the two of them goes, it was very, very good. The art was really great. It was very clean. The coloring was very upbeat and light and very pretty. Very, very optimistic and happy and almost floaty feeling. Uh, it, It takes place in New York, and everything was, you know, when you think of rom coms, especially like, I don't know, like Hallmark Channel kind of rom coms, they're very white and this is a new york city kind mm-hmm. of thing again it makes me think of um uh you've got mail which is oh, so white uh and this is very much not yes you know it's very diverse in the character designs body shapes uh body uh, like how just how like their faces look. Every character design was very unique and well executed. I really liked the art in this book, very clean, very colorful, very dynamic. So I I really, really liked it. It was fun to read from like, oh, I like romance novels or romance comics and I don't read them as much as I wish I did. And this was a really good example of that. Um, But it still did kind of have elements in it I didn't love.
0: So, no, I I totally agree uh, about those tropes, uh, especially the the gay best friend trope, you know, the kooky gay best friend that needs to go, so...
1: I think her her best friend was good and fine for like 99% of the time. It was, there was a character at the bar was kind of really stereotypical and kind of weird. Um, okay. And there was one thing she said about her best friend that it was kind of off-putting. Like, oh, it was like, she called it her, her like dating conga line or something. And I was just like, I couldn't, uh, it, was, uh, it was kind of like... I, it was weird and kind of judgmental about her dating life, her friend's dating life. And I was like, oh, I don't know so much about that. So it was like the, the, this gay character at the bar was really much like the way he was, his, he was, portrayed was really stereotypical and there was a lot of judgment thrown towards her best friend and the way she was dating and I was like mm, I don't like that because it wasn't there was a really big effort thrown upon the main character that don't judge me for not having a boyfriend at this point in my life and I was like if I'm not supposed to judge you for not dating uh don't act like Mm -hmm. i should you know don't throw any judgment around anybody else for how they're dating either so that kind of made me a little bit mm, tense up just a little bit but it was only like two pages in the whole hundred some odd and for a rom-com you know that's not bad
0: Exactly what I was just going to say is that for that's that's a pretty high average for a rom com,
1: especially <laughs> so when it's doing good. other things um, really really good like the yeah. discussions on, you know, like abusive relationships,
0: mm-hmm. and diversity too. Which yeah, is nice. Um, it's it's interesting and it does sound very much similar to You Got Mail, and that makes it even further interesting because You Got Mail is actually a remake of a 50s it is. movie. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's this is kind of like the continuing mm-hmm. of the tropes and how they're evolving throughout mm-hmm. the years. You know, now we have like over sixty years of of or you got mail of, uh, <laughs> of of exactly of examples of, of of the you got mail tropes. So so yeah, that's really cool. I love Jimmy Stewart, so I have to mention him if I can. <laughs>
1: there you go. So, yeah, it, it is. Um, it was it took me a while to realize that's what they were doing. Was like updated you got mail. I was like wait virtually you oh i get it
0: <laughs> yeah and i like that i that i love puns and virtually yours is a great pun mm-hmm. um i will i i will be talking about a pun in my quick hit coming up too so awesome it's uh yeah i'm all all four puns if, if any longtime listeners of this podcast can tell i love puns <laughs> so all right well i before i do my quick hit um and the reason why this isn't my quick hit is that um, i don't know if we ever mentioned this on air but the quick hit the purpose of it is a recommendation so we're gonna talk about things that we like but a book came out this last wednesday um that um is had is very much in the independent comic zeitgeist so i felt like we had to at least uh mention it and that's uh the Berserker or B R Z R br-z-r K R by Kate, Matt Kent and Keanu Reeves, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and uh, uh, Ron Garney, Bill Crowtree, and Clem Robbins. You know, I, I watch a lot of hockey. You think I'd be really good with words with no with no vowels, but sometimes <laughs> it's still difficult. They're understood um, vowels. But yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so. Um, so so yes, uh, obviously the whole situation with uh, with Kickstarter, um, you, uh, kind of abusing that that process to get more money, um, and everything kind of turned me off of this this comic in the first place. Which is funny because I, I do love Keanu Reeves so, and I do love Boom Studios. So it was kind of interesting that two things that I do love are doing something that I was very much adamantly against. So full disclosure, uh, obviously you guys can tell what my opinion is going into this book so i'm gonna be a little a little biased of course so take my opinion with a grain of salt but you know and no also i I read a preview copy of this book as well i I was given i was given a preview copy of this book i didn't purchase it myself so also take that in as a, a grain of salt as well um but so uh all in all uh the first page i actually i was pleasantly surprised because um, I do love Keanu Reeves, like I just said, and the first few panels is, is a parody of the sad Keanu meme, and the fact that Keanu Reeves is parodying himself, and, like, and something that other actors probably with a lot more ego would be offended by, the fact that he's embracing it and putting that as the first page of his comic is, is actually pretty amazing <laughs> to me, but it goes downhill from there. So the, co- the comic itself is really violent and very gratuitous in, in its vision, like in, in its imagery. And it's in Ke- the character that's obviously supposed to be Keanu Reeves because it looks it's him <laughs> in the as the character, is so violent and so like mindless in the actions of the uh, that he's taking in the beginning of the story that they actually almost succeed in doing the unthinkable, making Keanu Reeves unlikable, which is funny, because this is a book written by Keanu Reeves. So uh, all in all, I'm not gonna continue reading it. And, and uh, But if you want still to check it out and read it and like it, good for you. I, I'm glad it's just not for me. So actual quick hit, um, the quick hit is actually a book that I did really enjoy. Which was uh, "Dead Dog's Bite" number one by Tyler Boss, and it was published by Dark Horse Comics. Tyler Boss, you guys might know from Four Kids Walking into a Bank" uh, that we talked about. He did the art for that. Uh, he's writing and doing the art for this. It looks like he's doing lettering, and coloring it as well.
1: Because nothing it, it that would
0: like I I think I think it's 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 a serious story, but there's like humor that leaks into it, and like I think that like you know it's not it's not like a satire or anything like that as far as i can tell but there's definitely the tyler boss has a sense of humor and he's written you know like couple you know grin- grinners into the story yeah and i also definitely like the uh the kind of the the narrator that it's not just like a it's not just like words you actually there's literally a person who pops up in the first panel of the book he comes out of the um out of a manhole cover out of the sewer mm-hmm. and gets up and just starts talking to the to the to the audience you know so it it has its silly moments it does but at the same time right. it's actually kind of a cool artfelt crime story cool so definitely recommend we are now on to our main course. And we are continuing our sports month uh, with 21, the story of Roberto Clemente by Wilfred Santiago, published by Fantagraphics. And this was Darcy's Choice this week. So uh, why have you chosen this story? And what is this book about?
1: Um, I chose this story because um, I wanted to read it. Uh, This is one of those that uh, neither of us had read before we were going into it. Uh, We decided, as we said last week, that March was going to be our sports month uh, for no other reason than we both were wanting to read comics about sports. (laughs) It's kind of arbitrary, but we wanted to do it, so we're doing it. Yep. Uh, And I saw this comic come up all the time on my recommendations on comiXology and just never got around to doing it, uh, reading it. And so this was a good excuse to read it. I love Roberto Roberto Clemente um, for obvious reasons. He's an amazing, he was an amazing athlete. um, Historically still is, I suppose. Um, And just like an all around kind of as a ambassador for baseball, uh, one of those kind of head and shoulders almost above pretty much anybody else in baseball. If I were to compare him to anybody, like if you're not a baseball person, kind of coming back to last week, LeBron James is a really good comparison if you're only modern sports. um, Like just a really amazing ambassador for the sport and amazing ambassador for his people and he just gave so much back Uh, he wasn't one of those guys that just like played the sport and went and sat down he gave back to people and so he was just an amazing person that like the world lost way too soon and it's a freaking tragedy and he's always been one of those people I've been really interested in and you know I've read about him like in general and seen like documentaries and stuff but i'd never read this comic and so this was a good excuse to the comic itself
0: oh, is, absolutely
1: um mm-hmm. about him <laughs> i guess <laughs> not surprising it's a biography yeah. <laughs> uh <and> it it, <laughs> um kind of starts off uh with like some uh kind of i guess it starts off in the 70s kind of goes back and does some historical stuff with his family um and kind of goes back and forth um it dips into like his time in the 50s when he was doing like winter ball uh, in Puerto Rico which is where he's from it mentions briefly like his time in the marines which he did during off season um it talks about like his charity work and it talks about like him meeting his wife um and that's pretty much it. Uh, it, to me, the baseball stuff is really good. The personal history stuff, I think, was not as well executed. It was uh, like, I feel like they either didn't give as much page like as much page room to it as they should have because I felt like, I don't know how to say it exactly. I felt like I was losing something there. Like they really rushed through the stepbrother's death. I had to like go back and catch the stepbrother's death at one point. I knew it had happened, but like I knew it had happened. I knew about that event in his life. So I kept going back and going back. And there was a lot of historical, like socio-historical information, sociocultural information about Puerto Rico that I would have liked to have gotten. Like there's a very brief, in, brief mention about Truman and the territories and Puerto Rico having um, the right to vote for its governor. And that's mentioned, but it's not, really gone into enough i think like what the situation is in puerto rico the whole time like there's this framing device with the baseball of this girl going to uh, see the three thousandth um hit for clemente and that like pops up and goes away and pops up and goes away And I feel like the baseball part of it, like that framing device for her was really well done, but I would have liked to see like some sort of equal framing device done for what was happening in Puerto Rico. Um, And there kind of wasn't like that seemed very loose and unequal. And there just didn't seem the real estate for the home portion of the book versus the national league portion of the book. Um, The thing that kind of upset me about that was like, there's so much interesting stuff. Like there's, he gave so much of his heart to Puerto Rico. Obviously it's where he's from. And, um, and his family. And, and, I'm not saying anything bad about the creator at all. I think obviously there was a lot done there. And page real estate, like compared to last week's book, which was 400 some odd pages, this book was under 200. Like it was so short in comparison. So you're talking like way condensed, an entire life, you know, in, in a significantly shorter page. So he's, we're we're dealing with, you know, like trying to fit this entire life into a significantly smaller space. And I I do understand that, but I, I I feel like, I don't know. There were like six pages at one point devoted to uh, explaining the three Kings who delivered Uh, gifts to the baby Jesus and I'm like people get this like people (laughs) understand what the delivery I mean not everybody I'm sure there's somebody who don't there's some people who don't somebody who don't that's not great grammar I'm sure there's some people who. I'm sure there's some people who need uh, some sort of explanation of you know the three kings delivering incense and myrrh or whatever to Jesus but the vast majority of people get that. And you could do that explanation in like two pages. What's far more confusing for far more people, I think, is the socio-cultural history of Puerto Rico in the 1960s. Like how many people know what's going on at that point? Like the history of what's going on with Roberto Clemente's family in the 50s. Like there was not enough... Back, Like, I was confused for half a second about what exactly happened to his sister, like how she died. She Mm -hmm. burned, but like how? I had to go look that up because I'd read it before, but it had been so many years. So it, it was one of those things where I was like, I know these things, but I don't remember these things. And so... I I just the page real estate for his personal life I don't think was given enough depth and that kind of disappointed me, but the art was absolutely incredible. I loved it. I loved the color palette, which is kind of like black and yellow and kind of drab. Which fits very well with his, uh, later on he plays for the Pirates, which pretty much everyone who knows anything about him knows. Uh, and that fits the Pirates color palette. And, you know, it had a lot of character to it. If you read a lot of fantographic comics, or fantographic biographical comics in particular, a lot of it's more... Uh, I hate to say basic, but basic kind of like plainer art. And this is incredibly creative. There's a lot of really interesting things being done here. Uh, There's a thing that gets said about Roberto Clemente a lot, that he has like eyeballs in his fingertips because of the way and how like the accuracy of his throws. And that's like drawn at one point really early on, like the second page or something. And like yeah, the facial features, like the face shapes are really almost almost caricatured, but it's not like silly like that, but they have like a lot of dynamism to them. There's a lot of, a lot of interest there and that's really fun. I, I don't know, I really enjoyed the art. So the story I liked because I like him as a person, um, but I felt it could have been a little bit better. I felt the division of labor among baseball and personal could have been balanced a little bit better but the baseball was excellent I'm a little bit biased
0: and the art was incredible (laughs) so Darcy I have to tell you something go for it you you must have stolen my notes <laughs> because, <laughs> because you basically covered every single point that I was going to make <laughs> like almost <laughs> verbatim I 100% agree with you with everything that you said and gonna I be quick then. yeah <laughs> no um and that's that's the show folks good night no um I I um gotta say so yeah artwork was great I love the fact that it doesn't it didn't fall into the trap of a biopic or a bio story where everything has to be realistic and, and that's why I thought it. it was very much an artist interpretation. Definitely was very liberal with the lines everything, you know, like, and the flow, everything was very water-like. And I loved, I loved the artwork. It was, you know, it, it was very surreal um, kind of Salvador Dali, like almost everything was kind of melting, you know, like sure, it was, sure. it, it was pretty cool. And, but then at the same time, you know that didn't fall into the into the trope of, of, a, of a of a biopic but the story did like the story was very like here's a snapshot of some of his life here's a snapshot of his life and like and everything's kind of, everything was very disjointed in a way because of that like it was there wasn't a lot of cohesiveness in the story mm-hmm. and it also the the times where things kind of stayed longer on the 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 same thought and same story Was sometimes it wasn't necessary in my opinion and i had exactly pointed out the the six pages of the three kings so
1: long it was so long
0: that could have been six six panels (laughs) you know like like i understand that it's it's significant and, I, and that is something that comes back at the end of the story where they're looking at the stars again mm-hmm. and it's the three kings like the, the the stars in the sky and so i i understand that but it for so much effort to be made in that part then that should be used as an analogy to roberto clemente clemente's life and it really wasn't like why did we spend all this time here this was not this was not telling us something or not alluding to something like, like this wasn't like a parable to his life you know so well i get
1: that I it get comes that. back up. well it kind of was i got that it was because he
0: okay.
1: he brings those gifts like that's a thing that he like he was one of the he was one of the three kings right he okay. is one of those yeah. people like every every three kings day or whatever every christmas he's one of those people all of these holidays he comes from america back to uh puerto rico or when the earthquakes happen he comes bearing gifts right to mm-hmm. people like he's one of these three kings essentially they don't make it explicitly that necessarily uh, except for the holidays when he's like when he when he actually comes on one of those holidays they do make yeah. it a little bit more explicit but it still doesn't need that real estate. Like you could do the full page with him and his mom when she's pointing out the three Kings that definitely deserves a full page. I agree. And then the second page where you're explaining, I still don't think you need the full page, but the full plate page where you're explaining the three Kings coming to Mary with Jesus and presenting with the gifts and then Jesus and the, whatever, like do the full page that that's two pages. I think that's enough
0: yeah exactly and the thing is is that use that real estate to focus more on his philanthropy and i and like i i might have got got it a little Mm -hmm. understood a little more yeah you know and and also yeah and i was gonna make that and it's not it's not fair to compare this book to other books especially you know like you know but we just read dragon hoops and that was like a 450 page book it was very much it, it, it 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 did a good job kind of mapping through history comparing it to to what was going on in the actual story it had it had time and it had the pacing that was necessary to tell these stories that was you know uh, you know, it wasn't a, a life story like this is. So I, I understand that there's more complexity to it because you're trying to tell the entire life of Roberta Clemente, but maybe focus on on a couple of main things and, and then and then I kind of brush over, you know, f- focus on focus on a story of of, of something very significant in his life and try trying to get through that part at least, you know, like and and then and instead of trying instead of just giving us little snapshots of the rest of the story you know of, of, of the entire story
1: yeah there were some things nice. like with the uh, i felt like you had some themes that kind of just got dropped like you had this point where you see this one panel of um him at school and they talk about in puerto rico you have Uh, In Puerto Rico, you have, like, this mixture of like native people, black people and white people because of the, of, you know, the way uh, race is and the way colonization happened there, you know, you you have that one panel where he's in a class and the teacher saying that or whatever and then uh you have like maybe a couple of pages before or a couple of pages after or something like that you have him going through all of that racism but like it doesn't it kind of goes away or whatever it doesn't really get addressed very well like when all of the sports reporters are just calling him Bob,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like there's not really any, like he doesn't address it very much, and he did, um, and like I, I, there's not a lot of response to a lot of things, and there are other like the Pirates were the first. Um, National League organization to um, field an all-non-white baseball team at a game.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, like, that's kind of a big deal. And, you know, he's sitting there part of that. And that's not a small – like, that's part of that theme. Like, the fact that, you know, he's facing this prejudice and, you know, they constantly – we're trying to hide his name is no small thing but it i don't i don't know it's kind of like these things were getting dropped the fact that they just suddenly had you know like roberto and vera as a yeah. chapter heading and like were there chapter mm-hmm. headings before
0: no and that that was another thing that, was that kind of i weird. was going to mention it, it, it was like like uh the structure changes during mm. the entire story like with that like like and like w- when you get to that third part with with roberto and and and, uh, and vera and it it's very structured in like like it has the chapter he- heading and then it says like mm. the next day the you know and then they and they t- and they say basically who's talking to who in relationship it's 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 a it's a technique that's all of a sudden used two thirds of what, of the way into the book and it right. hasn't been used before and then at the same time i think what confused me in the beginning of the book was it starts literally like oh so so it says blah 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 1970 right and then of uh, and it has the has the baseball game and it says like well, you know he's he's about to hit his three thousandth hit and that's over here yeah. and then it goes it flashes back like you would expect to when he was like a child and it says yeah. it, t- it says the year right all of a sudden. There's more time jumps, pages later, and there's absolutely no, like, like heading that says like you know two years later, three years later. Right. So at first I was like, wait, he just got really big and still 1950. Like, what's going on? Or you know, like, yeah. I'm like, oh wait, no, this has been a time jump. It's just you know, and obviously, like you know, like you know, it. The writer. It Doesn't have to hold the, the reader's hands, but it's it nice helps if, a it, little if, and... if if you're gonna use one thing once, you kind of have to use it over and over again to, mm-hmm. so that the reader can follow. <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing. And as well as reveal state when when it came to the chapters, um, the chapter breaks, and it had that really nice picture or paint like the painting of the map of the Caribbean with Puerto Rico and had like the names of the, c- yes. the cities and everything. And and the writing, okay, I really liked that aesthetic and I like that feel. But then, so, so he, yeah, it's it's tiny, tiny writing. So at first I actually kind of immediately mean, skipped it. And then when I was getting lost in the book, I was like, oh, maybe he explains what's going to happen in those in the, the chapter before or the chapter after. So I go back and it's like, the story of like 1500s puerto rico mm-hmm. that really has nothing to do with the eighteen hundreds.
1: nothing exactly yeah i was yeah. hoping i went uh, back and i was hoping it was like that historical context i was looking for like what was happening in like exactly. maybe the early 1900s or like the 1950s what truman was doing yeah. that was giving them the vote or they were fighting against the vote or looking for independence which they mentioned a couple of times in conversation what was that like that's not necessarily what roberto was doing but what was happening outside of roberto um but no it's from the 1800s and i'm like oh interesting but yeah. i don't really care right now <laughs> they
0: it, they found out that a y guy wasn't a god and that was <laughs>
1: yeah that was an interesting panel when a... he was drowning yeah. him but
0: it, yeah Yeah, but still, I mean yeah, I I totally agree. And like the thing is too is that um, you know, like the attempt to kind of get the historical significance into this actual story, it was there, but it wasn't definitely like I kind of always think of like Godfather two, which takes place partly during the Cuban Revolution. They don't ever really directly talk about the Cuban Revolution and but but it, the way everything's framed and the way the things are paced, it's like, you know, you, you someone who's never even heard of Cuba could like watch that and understand what happened in Cuba, you know. <laughs> so like I, you know, I know I'm holding I'm holding this book up to a high regard when I'm saying like it should be more like Godfather too, but yeah, I that's mean, a little bit it's, high, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like everything should be Citizen Kane or nothing, you know. But no, I, uh, but but no, so, but but yeah, I mean, like it, it I. i i I appreciate the effort but it just seemed like a kind of a misstep there
1: yeah i think like i said i i really like a lot of what was done here like i one of my favorite things about what was done was the yellow text bubbles for english Mm -hmm. like i really really loved that especially when he like he was uh hearing all of the um racism and the slurs and those were like slivers that were following him around of English that were just following him and following him or when he was sleeping and listening to English and he had like these slivers of yellow uh, English text bubbles around him like I thought that was really well done because it was this beautiful pop of color uh, Mm -hmm. in like these kind of uh, green or olive drab pages Um, so there was a lot of really fabulous things in this book and again the art was just amazing Um, but the real problem was the lack of cohesiveness in the structure. And if that had been tied down just a little bit better, like if, if there had been chapter titles all the way through, or if there had been a framing device, like the girl going with the paper, uh, with the newspaper confetti uh, for the 3000th done in the baseball and in the, um, in Puerto Rico. And we had stayed, you know, like we had stayed, Baseball, li, uh, linear, linear, linear is not a word. Baseball, what's the word for straight through time? Linear, linear, linear. straight linear. Yeah. F- linear time baseball in the 1970s and linear time Puerto Rico. Then I think that would have worked you have a framing device at the top, you have a framing device at the bottom and you bounce back and forth and i think that would have worked. Or alternatively, you do chapter titles. Puerto Rico, minor leagues, major leagues, right?
0: Yeah. And you exactly. could have you
1: could have broken it up that way. But trying to do all of it together. It just didn't work. It was hard to read. And I had to go back a couple of times and then reference his Wikipedia page, which I don't think you yeah. want to do. And
0: that that was, that's the thing too, is that, so I, I, I obviously knew who Roberto Clemente was before reading this. Mm. And I knew the basis. I knew how he passed away. I knew that he was like a great philanthropist. And so when we got to the sections about, that stuff about him playing baseball his philanthropy you know and and then at the end um, like when when the accident that that killed him like those to me really stuck with me more because I already knew I had a basis on that and I think that the that the author is kind of assuming that everyone knows everything about roberto clemente and so yeah. he's hitting on things and being like oh yeah you already knew about it. like when he grew up in puerto rico and his his sister died and his stepbrother died you know so i'm just gonna you know kind of hint to that because everyone already knows this and and i think that that the assumption that everyone knows that is, it might be too grand but at the same time the, I liked I liked the bits of the story that I understood more because I kind of had the background on. So that tells me that that a good story is there and like there, there are some great bits there. It's just like you said the framing, the 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 you know the, we just need a little more of a push in in like the linear fashion of the story.
1: Yeah, I mean I already knew most of it. I I've seen and read other things on him, but I was still very confused at the beginning portions. I was like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, and like I like little the little like character moments, like when he's in a slump and he's wearing number thirteen, and mm. they're like, "Well, maybe that's his bad luck." He's like, mm. "Oh, is it?" He's like, "He didn't know because there's a cultural difference." And and then so he changed to twenty-one, and he became you know the Roberto Clemente that we know.
1: <laughs> I think my favorite couple of pages was when he and his friend were getting a bat or a stick for their stickball game. Uh, mm-hmm. off the guava tree when they were little kids that was one of my favorite pages because they yeah. had they were climbing the tree and pulling off the stick and that was fun and they played with uh, uh bottle caps because I, I remember my my grandpa telling me about playing with bottle caps instead of balls and i thought that was pretty cool they played with a doll head and a sock which is pretty
0: yeah kind of horrifying a, it was kind of scary then, looking yeah and when they actually found a ball which was a tennis ball but it was like sacred that they had found a ball to to play with well he was
1: complaining quite a bit about it being a tennis
0: ball yeah (laughs) but um but it was it was better than than what they had before um but you know the thing is is that that's what also i've always found interesting um you know um being, being a baseball fan you know there's a lot of there's a lot of baseball players that come from that area from like Dominican Republic from from uh, Cuba from from Puerto Rico oh yeah they got they schools
1: go, in the Dominican Republic for it
0: yeah and and so and what I find really interesting is that that they almost um the, the people who grew up from those areas almost use I I this is a very poor way for for me to say it but I can't think of a better way to say it. It's like poverty to their advantage because they couldn't play with the bats, the regulation bats and the regulation, like, um, balls. They had to play with rocks and bottle caps and play with tiny sticks. Have, uh, hitting a, ball, a baseball with a bat that and the ball is going like, 100 miles an hour is one of the most difficult things to do in sports and try and imagine doing that with a tiny bottle cap and a twig <laughs> you know so no wonder like a lot of these these batters that come from like the the caribbean area are so good at bad ball hitting which roberto is famous for that as well they could basically hit anything that was near to plate and so like that that's pretty amazing as well it's not you know, bad like, if he can I, hit it I love exactly I love I love when you know you you take something that's is going to be a disadvantage and make it an advantage and that's that was more of the story I wanted to hear as well about Clemente
1: yeah I mean and I think for the most part they did okay with that um but like I said, I think that could have been a little bit more fleshed out. I just I would have liked to have seen more down there or more of Nicaragua, even like that mm-hmm. was really brief, his, his period down there, more of his philans- like, yeah, I don't know. I, I on the whole, like I'm I'm giving it a lot of criticism. I did enjoy reading it. Like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't unhappy while I read it. I was confused a lot of times. <laughs> I had to go back and check myself. Did I miss a page? Yeah, <laughs> but I, 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 I enjoyed it. But um, I, I think I think it could have uh, been been better. Maybe some page layouts could have been better, better done. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I, I agree, like, yeah, I, I might sound like I'm like shitting on it, but I I did enjoy it overall. It's just that there there is definitely some room for improvement and and you know, like and I think that's what's kind of a little more frustrating is that there is there's something there that's really good, mm. but it's just unfortunately we're not getting it. <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know, especially because I like him so much.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't about someone as as likable as Roberta Clemente, I think that'd be something different too. Like, I think we'd be a little more lenient on the story. But the fact that it's about someone who is a, by all accounts, a great person, and we and yet we don't really get into his his philanthropy. We get a little bit of it, but not much. And there's a lot more focus on things that don't necessarily. Make Clemente great, and that's what we're here for—is to listen to read about how great Clemente is. So it's like, let's let's get that part instead.
1: Yeah, it was all. Again, I think I think a lot of it's just down to. no I think what I said before, I'll stand by, that it's it's the yeah. fact that it's it's a change up that it's it's so many different styles, of what they're doing if they would have stuck with one style of layout throughout the whole thing, it it would have worked. The fact that they changed up so many times, because I don't even think it's necessarily the limited page numbers, though, that does, that does limit them and how much of his story they can tell. But I, I think it could have been done if they would have stuck with one style maybe yeah
0: yeah it, like it was kind of written at different times almost. it almost yeah that might have been it, it
1: too. too yeah
0: that's what it kind of feels like yeah it's you know and so yeah I um so yeah overall I mean good but definitely refer for improvement. um Darcy do you have anything else you want to add on to this discussion uh
1: no just really love those colors I guess would be the my final thing that yellow with the English those bubbles really mm-hmm. great.
0: When I, I was going through the, I, I was looking through the pages on comicsology like um, on the reader. I, I was trying to find. I had to stop reading for a little bit and then kind of find my, my page again and and start reading again. So I I looked at it like like from pa- like the little page selection mm-hmm. area, and that's really pretty like it's all grays it and yellows and blacks and, and i'm like like as like a as a tapestry it's a very pretty book it is a like,
1: very pretty book
0: yeah just like, because
1: it has such a uh, not monotone because it has more more colors than that but it, that limited color palette and the way it looks is is and that just such a bright pop of yellow against those other colors it's very beautiful the coloring i i really like it very good choices
0: and see that was a cohesive choice that went throughout the entire book
1: it was and
0: and so therefore and that was like the best part of the book and then the in in the actual linear the storytelling there wasn't any cohesive choices Mm. made and so and there and that kind of fell flat And you
1: know what the way it ended was kind of its own thing too where you had these (laughs) The, the the his death you had these suddenly it was just telling you you had full page narration full page black and a line of narration thing full page black and a line of narration you know that was completely different than the rest of it and maybe that exactly. makes sense because it's a death but it is completely different that could have been done a different way
0: yeah and and if there was if it was cohesive through the whole thing and then had that at the end it would also be a little more jarring
1: it would have been yeah you
0: know and like a little more impactful but Mm. since we've been kind of all over the place genre style you know like it it, 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 like obviously was impactful because it was death but it could have been even more like it could have hit harder
1: it would have hit harder yeah if it were if it had been the first time anything like that or any sort of style change had happened it would have had more impact but since the styles had been changing and going back and forth and things had been happening like that the whole time it yes. really didn't have an impact I didn't feel it at all you're right hmm.
0: yeah so but yeah I mean but you know I'm glad I read it I definitely it's not in my yeah it's not my my list of books that like why I pick this up it's definitely it's definitely worth reading. it's definitely worth checking out mm-hmm. and if you if you subscribe to comicsology it's there on the unlimited so you know it, it's it's fairly easy to check out. And this was 2011 I believe is when the book came out originally so, I think so yeah you know so so yeah it's it, it's also kind of a, a good place to see how far you know biography comics have come in the last nine years as well. Mm-hmm. To see the difference yeah. in styles that that's so. a
1: good point that it does it is a little bit more typical of uh biography comics 10 years ago
0: all right well i um uh, were you ready to to move on to our last part here mm-hmm. okay so we will go ahead and go to the last section where we talk about comics that we are looking forward to and uh in the uh the looking forward to in the near and sometimes not so near future uh darcy what are you looking forward to
1: my looking forward is uh the incredible nelly bly uh, by uh luciana semino and sergio algonzino um this actually came out in uh 2019 i think but like so many of the things i've done recently it is foreign it's european i think it was originally it came out in french um it doesn't actually, nothing I had. I think the interiors is probably where it says the uh, translation is. It says there's an introduction by David Randall, but it doesn't say who, um, what I've got on it, doesn't say who the translator is. So I apologize for that. Hopefully uh, it says who the translator is inside. <laughs> Uh, But uh, uh, hopefully you know who Nellie Bly is. If you don't, she was a really uh, important and famous uh, uh, investigative journalist uh, from like the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s, or she was born in the mid 1800s. Uh, she was hugely important, not only because she was a, uh, female, uh, investigative journalist, which obviously I think shouldn't be surprising was not hugely, uh, <laughs> uh, popular in that period of time. Um, yeah. but, uh, also because of like the type of investigative journalism she was doing at that time. Um, like, you know, women's colleges you'd have women reporting for their local newspapers and stuff like that that happened but she was like going into like undercover into mental institutions and stuff like that she was doing these actual like dangerous things that could cause her physical harm and writing about them and like changing the system she was doing things that like men journalists were like afraid to do or not tackling or uh, not thinking needing to be tackled and actually changing the system when she did them so she was famous both because she was a woman journalist at the time and because she was a journalist who legitimately made a difference in journalism and the world around her so important for so many reasons so you know Women's history month yay Uh, but also the comic itself looks really good had problems finding like interior art, but the cover art looks really good. Like the uh, costuming looks incredible. It looks pretty on point for the period. Um, I, I looked up Sergio's, like some of his other work. He's done some other character work that I was able to find. He's got like really clean kind of simple character designs but the costuming looks really well done like the walking suits and stuff really fantastic and really well done on the covers I haven't been able you know it's a year old in France like I was hoping I'd be able to find more interiors and I haven't been able to I found some reviews from January from people who got like promo copies and people are posting like their long reviews but not much interior art which I guess they weren't allowed to um but dudes post some interior art for me please I would appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I guess it comes out on March 16th. So uh, hopefully like, I'll be able to see it, you know, like next week. So I shouldn't complain too much. Uh, the art on the cover looks great. The cover itself is really bold. It's got like this bright, uh, like banana yellow color. It's really fantastic looking. So I'm kind of super excited about it.
0: Oh, that sounds really cool. I I, I love the story of Lye. And uh, and I'm all for checking this out. <laughs> it it sounds and looks really good.
1: But it and you know we talked about framing devices when we talked about the bio comic we did just yep. now, and it, it uses like i think a really solid at least from what i've been able to see from the description Mm -hmm. and from some of the reviews i looked at a really kind of strong framing device of like this fictional uh young woman who's a journalist and it's kind of like she's interviewing nelly later in life and so it looks like it's probably structured fairly well for a bio comic so hopefully it'll be good
0: that's awesome because aside, aside from the uh, the investigative journalism and mental asylums, I also kind of hope that uh, they dive into her uh, her around the world trip that she did. It's the cover
1: uh, has the like the globe and she's kind of like walking past it so I, I think probably
0: nice yeah because that was really interesting uh yeah. a little little death defy but definitely not as death defying as going into mental asylums during the 1920s oh. when there was absolutely no mental health reform yeah
1: and, i mean a lot and, of people did die traveling across the planet yeah. <laughs> during that period so
0: <laughs> true death but defying for their say. own
1: different reasons
0: yeah exactly so well i mean that that sounds absolutely amazing so i definitely want to check that out as well yeah so let, let, let me know how how that goes or let us know as a as a quick hit hopefully in the future
1: yeah hopefully
0: i have my looking forward book um it's also another book that i've talked about a couple times here on the podcast uh proctor valley road which is uh by um grant morrison alex kid naomi franquist um published by Boom Studios. It is the the story that revolves around the San Diego, California cryptoid, the Proctor Valley Monster, kind of like a yeti type monster, as I've heard, and um, and it also visits one of uh, uh, our most talked about tropes that we've had lately on this podcast, uh, children in mortal danger. So (laughs) that has been a lot of our our subjects lately. Fits the bill. That fits us yeah exactly so and it's also it's it's Grant Morrison so um he's co-writing it when they write a comic I'm gonna read it yeah um I'm, I'm happy to to do that
1: especially especially when it's kids being very deliberately oh, yeah. it, <laughs> deliberately it, put in danger
0: exactly and the funny thing too is that I think this is what has really attracted me to this is that I've been on Proctor Valley road. I've been down in that area of San Diego. I, have I I grew up in San Diego, very far away from that area of San Diego, but I grew up in the County, but I've never heard of this until until the, the solicits of the book started coming out. And then I looked it up and like sure things. It's a, it's a legend down, down there in the spring Valley slash like Chula Vista Benita area. And so I'm like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like, like I never realized I love cryptoids. I'm from that area. And yeah, I never heard of this. So I felt out of the loop. And now that's why I'm kind of all full force into reading this because I, I want to be in the loop.
1: <laughs> Every region seems to have a cryptid. I wish we had one. I need to find out if there's a cryptid in my area. Surely. I mean, like, we're not too far from, like, Mexico. I guess we've just got what's that thing chupacabra the chupacabra is that just chupacabra. what we have because we were we used to be part of mexico is that the yeah. only thing we have uh, yeah. does texas have a <laughs> well, thing
0: i sh- there, there's actually a wikipedia um article um that it that goes like region by region and says what the decrypted of that region is so <laughs> i definitely
1: did of texas
0: yeah.
1: quick google it's-
0: <laughs> Um, five Texas um, cryptids. Th- Ooh. Nice. I don't think where I live now it has a cryptid, which is the strawberry capital of the world, so maybe it's a strawberry. It's
1: gotta be a <laughs> strawberry cryptid. <laughs> yeah. Strawberries with like big teeth or something.
0: Ooh, be, apparently uh, like ter- we have
1: a cat, a wampus cat. Ooh. It's a woman who spied on her husband wearing a lion skin. Cool. A Cherokee okay. legend out of Tennessee that doesn't make any sense it's kind of far <laughs> it's a little bit away from from Texas she, she,
0: tra- she traveled
1: she she she, she, <laughs> she she went away the Lake Worth monster God, there goodness. we go that's what mine is Lake Worth that's near okay. Fort Worth the Lake Worth yeah. monster First sighted outside of fort worth the monster has many conflicting descriptions it's the size of a man but bears goat-like features such as horns and white fur can leap from trees to the hoods of passing cars totally texan uh hurl tires further than a human makes sense whatever rifle choice you make for the wampus cat is acceptable here god damn it texas <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not only do we have a cryptid but this is how you kill it.
1: <laughs> this is how you kill it. This- <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> this makes a handgun a much more important weapon this time around. You'll want a long barrel pistol. Houston <laughs> <It's- laughs> <It's> Press. <impressive. laughs> guns That's- to pick to kill them.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Uh, Blackhawk. 44 magnum or a castle uh 454 if your manhood is tied up in this hunt or something oh fucking thank you so much all right let's move on that was funny
0: i just well i just i just have another uh, southern california slash southwestern cryptid that i absolutely love actually it might be texas too is the um, jackalope
1: jackalope yeah jackalopes are good
0: always always a fan i um i used to collect anything that i could find like we we would stop at a truck stop or like a tourist trap if they had anything jackalope like a statue or or like postcard or anything like that it was an instant buy and like i had a a pretty a decent traveling jackalope collection for a while
1: they're so funny looking that's totally fair
0: definitely i i just love the the fact that it was a taxidermist who basically decided to play a joke on people and that's what started the that's what started the, uh, the Legend of the Jackalope.
1: You got to do so, something with your free time.
0: Exactly. And even if that's gluing horns onto a, a dead rabbit, <laughs> please let the <laughs> rabbit be dead if you <laughs> glue <laughs> horns on it. <laughs> and please don't kill the rabbit to do it either.
1: Oh, no, please do not. Okay.
0: Yeah, so please do not. All right. Well, uh, I, so I think that's it. Uh, actually, I actually definitely enjoyed the, the cryptid talk there um that is a, a, a big love of mine something so, fun at but, the end oh uh, definitely so well we have reached the end of our show this week uh first of all big thank you to everyone listening to our show as always uh if you have a question or comment you can send us an email to comics better at gmail.com or follow us on instagram and twitter at cdbpod at cdpod i want to say podcom again but uh check out our website at comics is better dot wordpress.com for all of our episodes and socials as well as a form on our contact page to request a subject for us to do on a future show also please give us a review uh on any platform that you're listening to us right now so darcy uh where can we find you on the internet
1: i am on twitter at books underscore serial and my website which i haven't written on in a while because i'm still listening to uh sci-fi and now chippendales (laughs)
0: podcast
1: and trying to figure out what i'm gonna say about them um but it's books and serial.wordpress.com and eventually i will update them when i finish
0: very nice very cool all right well i can be found at uh, Brygen underscore cb and twitter or that's instagram and twitter is at brygen 2814 so for darcy i'm brian and this has been the comics is a better podcast remember comics is are better and everybody deserves comics good night
1: night yay bye